Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The mid-90s, Britpop, cool Britannia. It was a heady time, a simpler time. At the summit of all of that were a group of Manchester lads, two brothers with attitude that were mad for it, with a host of great songs. Oasis were arguably the sound of the 90s, and we're going to count down their greatest songs. But first, I've got their top 10 selling songs in the UK, and we're going to start by going from number 10. So, number 10... Cigarettes and alcohol, 425,000 units. Number nine, Stand By Me, 430,000. Number eight, Stop Crying Your Heart Out, 450,000. At number, what's that, seven? The number seven, some might say 475,000. At number six, Live Forever, 500,000 sales. At number five, it's Roll With It, 550,000 sales. And number four is Whatever, 600,000 sales. At number three, do you know what I mean? 745,000 sales. And number two was Don't Look Back in Anger, 1.8 million sales. And the number one selling Oasis single in the UK was, of course, Wonderwall, 2.4 million sales. So there you go. Uh, right, so we're here to count down our top 10 Oasis songs. And uh, the reason this one came along is I was uh, flickering around on TikTok, as you do. And uh, one of our, our guests, I believe this might be his hat-trick um, appearance now on the on the pod. Uh, I don't know whether to call him Ollie or whether to call him Paolo, but uh, he was there doing his thing on TikTok. TikTok and Instagram sensation. Hello, Ollie. How you doing? How are we doing? Perfect. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah, not too bad. Thank you much. How's things you're in? It's it's all right. You know, it's it's not been a great start to the year. <laughs> I, won't, I won't lie. Um, absence. It's, this is what this is what the Gallagher's would have wanted. One of the, one of the, one of the brothers not turning up. You know, exactly. So, so. Yes. Yes. So uh, Neil is. Um, in the audience shouting down abuse while I'm <laughs> I'm doing Very it by balls, myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so this 
all sort of came across because you were doing one of your live streams and I don't know how we got onto Oasis songs, but we would, I was on the chat with you, weren't I? And all oh, of a sudden yeah. we'd worked out, right, okay, we'll do top 10 Oasis songs. Absolutely. I can't yeah. remember how Oasis came into it. To be honest, on those streams, I chat all sorts of crap with people. So, um, yeah, I'm a, I think first and foremost, I'm a massive music fan. So any, any, any excuse to talk about music, especially when I'm doing a football stream on TikTok, any excuse to talk about something else for five minutes, I'll go into films, music, Geography, whatever it may be, um, and that, that yeah, probably, probably, yeah, would have been a random tangent on there. I would have thought, yeah, something like that. But because it, it, the the other two times you've been on, it's been football based, hasn't it, or sports based? Definitely. Yeah, so massively into like sports history. Those that know the sort of TikTok, that's kind of what we do. Football history in particular. But uh, I've worked at radio stations, community radio stations, done a bit of work at Greatest Hits Radio. I loved your um, 60s episode you done. Top 10, that was amazing. That was like listening to Smooth Butter. Oh, you know, Michael was, Fenton um, Stevens yeah, was just... Yeah, what a legend. Yeah, um, yeah. Unfortunately, we were going to try and get him on because he's going to the West End and going to be in Wicked. Oh, is he? So we were trying to get him on before that happened, but he's now into uh, into rehearsals for that, so unfortunately. Now, the other thing I got... Before we go into the whole TikTok thing of it all, um, I have to apologise because I must admit, I do... Take the piss out of you, Sam. You know, every time you're on. There you go. Now, because it's obviously when we're, whenever we've done it with you, it's always been sports and football. So there's always a chance to just rib you about Aguero and all that stuff. So don't. It, we're doing Oasis tonight, okay? So there is no need for me to play this. Aguero! <laughs> there's absolutely no need for me to play this. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, if I was going to be a real bastard, I could play this. That's uh, Jamie Carragher, you can hear in the background, uh, as uh, Firmino scored the seventh goal against United. But that's it. I'm not going to do it anymore. I I just want to say I've got no need to play those. Okay? So I don't need to play them. All all I need to say in response to that is 115 uh, allegations against him for financial corruption. And uh, Bournemouth uh, Bournemouth beat you 1-0 after that 7-0. Yeah, that that was true, but uh, we're top of the league. But anyway, no, we're not fair, talking fair, about fair. Yeah. we're not talking <laughs> about sport uh, as much as Oasis are very heavily linked, obviously with Manchester City, of course. Um, uh, who of course won the league that day with Aguero! that goal by Aguero. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's it now, I guarantee. Ollie, that's it. Right, that'd be before we get onto the the Oasis. Um, your whole TikTok thing now. You do this thing with. Uh, playing cards and stickers and the Panini albums. Explain exactly what it is you do, and then I'll ask you the questions I need to ask you. Yeah, so basically we... Um, well, it started from our podcast, actually, the uh, Team of Our Lives podcast, uh, which is like a naughty-based football podcast. We completely ripped off Quickly Kevin, if you know that podcast, which we've also been mentioned on, funnily enough. Um, and uh, basically did a football podcast all about the noughties, and at the end... Uh, we'd done a feature called What's in Your Panini, where we'd open a classic pack of football stickers and, and try and find people's favourite players and and to put them on a scoreboard. Put that onto TikTok and it, it's blown up over the last couple of years. Uh, 150-odd thousand followers. And uh, we do live streams every Wednesday and Friday and we get between twenty and 35,000 people over a few hours just talking football. But it's all, it's all football from the 70s, 80s, 90s and noughties. So what I call the golden era, I guess, before it's become... What I think it is now too commercialized and yeah. too much money. There's not enough personalities. It's just, it's, it can be a bit tiring and boring to watch. 
Um, so we reminisce about the good old days through the medium of football stickers. And uh, yeah, it's good fun. And it seems to be in capturing an audience uh, of like-minded people. So yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's gone mad. I never would have known a few years ago, this would be kind of my job. Yeah. Uh, so to speak. And um, yeah, it's going well. Now explain to me the, the live streams. Cause what you do is now, are you opening packets on behalf of other people? Cause I That's know right. that- yeah, you do that where you say, "Oh, and you have a wonderful way with words." When you find a really good card, <laughs> I do, I do yeah, stress well. it's not uh, safe, for, you know, for work. But uh, and and we have to find out where some of these sayings come from. They just straight off the top of your head. They're just straight off the top of your head. Yeah. No, they don't, unfortunately, if if they were rehearsed, I think you know, give me an Oscar for uh, yes writing, <laughs> I guess. But um, but yeah, so so do people pay for the cards and then, or do you buy the cards? How do, yeah, a bit, a bit of both, How does really. Work? Um, so we've specialised in obviously the modern cards go for a lot of money, mm. and you can find autographs of certain players and stuff. But we've kind of found a niche for ourselves by specialising in the classic football stuff. So we buy them in bulk and then sell the packs individually. And um, yeah, some of them are worth a small fortune, as I probably told you before. The Pele from 1958 is sold for. 1.3 million, the Maradona for over half a million. Uh, early Messi and Ronaldo stickers can go for between two and five thousand pounds, and they're quite easily attainable as well. Um, so yeah, it's kind of uh, yeah, trading, buying, and selling those. They're giving people the opportunity to kind of reminisce of these players from the past and a bit of history, and you know, if they're lucky, potentially make a few bob on the way. Mm. And what's the, what's the most expensive card that you found? But I found, ooh, um, there's been a few. We found a rookie David Beckham from 1996 uh, in a decent grade. That goes for well over £10,000. We actually wow. found two of those. Uh, Maradona, 1986. Eusebio from 1972. Um, I've actually, funnily enough, got next to me. So the, the one of the, one of the um, most sought-after players is obviously Maradona, particularly now he's recently died. Yeah. Um, his rookie... And with any sports, it's the rookie card that the one that's the one that's most sought after. The first ever edition, the Michael Jordan one, for example, goes for hundreds of thousands. The Pele and the Maradona one you can find in this pack I've got here, which has been sealed since 1979. Now, rather than be opened, the person I got this from has decided to uh, get it graded and encapsulate it in this plastic case, right? Um, because it's actually worth more money like that um, than if you were to uh, open it and find absolutely nothing. However, for a video, I will be opening this over the next couple of days and been trying to find that Maradona potentially worth over half a million pounds. Wow. Oh, so that he doesn't know that there's a Maradona one. Oh, God, no. Madonna, no, no. Maradona would... one in there. Yeah. But he's had that pack graded as a unopened pack. As an unopened pack, because the chances are it'd be worth more like that in the future than wow. uh, opening it up and uh, finding nothing. Yeah, and those packs are like gold dust. You can't find them. No, sealed anyway. It's it's fascinating. I must admit, I, it's it's definitely a thing where you go down a rabbit hole. I, I was, I, I noticed that you were on live, and I thought I'm going to watch a little bit. And then as soon as you start opening these packs, it's like, it's very tense because, and especially when you find a good one, you know, the videos mm. you've got where it's showing that you found, you know, a Beckham or. Um, and then you go on one of your like colourful rants because somebody's found something, <laughs> or you found something. It's um, yeah, you've done you've done well there, mate. You find yourself a nice oh, little geez. niche, haven't you? It's it's very good. Yeah, honestly. it's good fun as well. That's the thing. Like with so many people coming to watch it as well, I'm, I'm lucky in that respect that there's a lot of live streams now on TikTok and stuff that you know are just just 
probably in it for the wrong reasons, but I generally enjoy it and enjoy talking about football and could talk and talk forever about a variety of things, including music. So it's just nice to have those people who keep coming back. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know what I'd do about it now, to be honest. Yeah. I couldn't go back to doing a nine to five. No, no, definitely not. Well, yeah. I'll put the link to the TikTok channel in the show notes. So if anybody does want to uh, check it out, click on it. And uh, if you're, I mean, again, I can remember back in my youth having Panini you know, sticker sticker books. It was it was the thing that you everybody had to have. Yeah, it was part of the football season. Having that, having your shoot magazine with the league ladders at the start of the season. Oh, it was just. That kind of innocence from football is gone now. It's just well, that's not, what we're trying to bring back. You know, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, you're all right. You're all right. Okay, so we've done half the podcast on <laughs> on sport. There you go. Uh, but we're here to do Oasis songs. So um, generally, where does Oasis stand for you in the pantheon of of music? Uh, as I said, I'm see. I'm 32 years old. And for someone my age, I've got a very old school music taste. A lot of my music taste will be from the 60s and 70s. Um, and I was, even at school, that was my music taste. It was not even from my parents. It's just kind of what I found myself. My yeah. dad was like very into the jam and that kind of uh, post-punk era kind of stuff. Mum very much into like Frank Sinatra and the kind of uh, the classic kind of slow music. Um, but I had a love for the Beatles, the Stones, the Kinks, those that that kind of stuff, and had that from very early on. So when Oasis came around, that was my tribe. It it felt like I belonged, even though I was like probably the only person in my school who was into them like massively, massively right. into them. I felt I belonged to something, even though I didn't really know what it was. If that makes sense. So when I, when I left secondary school, I went to college. All my friends went to sixth form. It was only me and like one other dude from that school that went to this college. So I was very much an outcast and by myself. Everyone else is into bloody Green Day and My Chemical <laughs> Romance were massive at the time. I do like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but they were like getting a bit too big for their boots as well, yeah. as Noel Gallagher said. Um, and it just felt completely alien to me. It wasn't speaking about anything that I could relate to. It just felt fantasy. It didn't feel like real music either. I know that sounds really arrogant, but it just felt pretend and make believe and that's a very that's i'm not a fan of green day it just it just it just feels very plastic um and oasis were rugged and raw and I'm, as i'm sure we'll go on to with the lyrics and stuff it just felt uh i don't know it's, it's you can't write it down that's the thing you know and i know but you can't write it down there's something about and i'm not an arrogant person i'm a very timid shy especially at school and at college didn't speak to anyone kept myself to myself um, you know, very, very self-aware, embarrassing myself. Just was very shy and timid. But Oasis was that gateway into feeling confident and giving you a kick at the ass and not giving a fuck about anyone. And that's what it gives to people like me. I think there is a common misconception is like football hooligan music, and I can I can understand that to a certain degree because it's been associated with certain things like that. And obviously, people drunk at the end of the night singing Wonderwall, it's associated with as well. But for a large minority of people, I think it built self-confidence and um, going all artisan and very poetic about it. But it genuinely did for me. It gave me confidence. It made me, it made me me. It made me be okay to be me and like what I like and fuck anyone else. And uh, I'll be ever thank be ever thankful for that. You know? Yeah, I mean, you're you're obviously a lot younger than I am. Um, when Oasis came out, it was that it was the lad culture. 
Mm. It was men behaving badly and it was Loaded Magazine and Nuts Magazine. Yeah. And you were probably too young to look at things like Loaded Magazine and that one. Hey. Well, we might we may have got a few <laughs> copies from the uh, from the old corner shop, <laughs> but it but that was the thing, and and it and then the press made it this Blur versus Oasis kind of thing as well. Yeah. But I can remember, um, not for definitely maybe, but definitely for what's the story, Morning Glory, and the third album especially, Be Here Now. I had that feeling that this must be what it was like when the Beatles released an album. Mm. Because it was like you were, and it got, the internet wasn't really, it wasn't a thing in, around that time. So it was waiting for the time, and be here now, I can remember getting down to the, um, the, the record shop, buying the CD, coming home and listening to it like three times with my <laughs> headphones on, just straight one after another. And it gets a lot of shit, that album, for being like um, a little bit overproduced. And I think... Yeah. I think Noel was a little bit sort of, I think he was a bit arrogant on that and just like throwing everything at it. But I can remember like listening to that album the first three times and fucking loving every second <laughs> of it. I was yeah. genuinely like, I don't think I breathed during the first time of listening to it all the <laughs> way through. And it wasn't until the last song finished that I sort of like let out a breath and thought I'm going to listen to that again. That and was, uh, very, very much the prime drug taking years, wasn't oh, it? Oh, it was uh, just, yeah. it was just everything about it was was great. And I think once it got, the, the, my my feeling is that that they were the best when they were struggling. When Noel is writing songs about living in a shitty part of Manchester, and there's, you know, they want to be rock and roll stars. That's what they want to be. As soon as it got to be where they had a few million in the bank, and Noel started giving out the songwriting duties to other people that's when I kind of drifted away. You know, it just it we'll, wasn't we'll the same. Come, yeah, we'll come on to this when we come into our top 10 because I yeah. think I'm, I'm going to have... See, this is how much of an Oasis fan I am. I've come out the other side because I once, same as you, because Be Here Now, I think, was one of the fastest selling albums the UK's it, ever had on the, back of the, on, the, on the back of the first two. Mm. Although, uh, and critically, done all right at the time, contrary to popular belief, it's only with hindsight again, actually, what the fuck was that about? And even Noel and Liam have said those are the prime drug taking years. The songs are fucking eight minutes long. And yeah, it was a, all, all around the world. I think it's yeah. the most hated song. Uh, they both despise it. I actually think the album after um, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants was much worse. Um, I, there is, no, not, I, there is yeah. not a song on that I really like. Oh, really? Um, but but uh, a, couple, a couple maybe. But I think after that album, after it took a couple of years off and then came back with uh, Heathen Chemistry and then Don't Believe the Truth. You've got to remember, as you said earlier, the internet was a brand new thing. They transcended analog sales into physical, like physical sales, buying CDs and vinyl, into a new media of you know when C obviously for CDs and whatever else, um, and then into the internet age of buying things online from Amazon, and then into the streaming age, the very early days of that and iTunes. So they transcended all that time. And if you have a look, even in 2024, the most downloaded songs or the most streamed artists, they're still bang up there, mm. uh, particularly UK and Europe. Um, but yeah, the, the second half of their career in the noughties, I'm very fond of. Um, obviously, that's the time when I was a teenager and kind of growing up and finding their music more. But I do think it's sometimes overlooked because I think of all these document reminiscent documentaries that have come out in the last few years about Britpop, about Blur and Oasis and about new labor and all that time they just completely overlook the last three albums and you know 
Don't Shut the Baby Out of the Bathwater. There are some really, really good songs there. But because their catalogue of music is so vast and so great, because the songs from the last albums weren't as good as the arguably the, the first few, people just disregard them. But if any other artist had wrote those songs, they'd be number ones or yeah. in the top 10 or top 40 quite easily. Yeah. Um, and let's not forget, after the second album, they released the master plan. How I was saying this to someone else earlier, actually. Which other, even the Beatles or the Stones, it's, it's up there. After two albums, you can release an album full of B-sides because they're in such high demand. Yes. Um, I, I can't think of another artist that you'd be able to do that with. Not that B-sides are really a thing anymore. But but that was, the, that was the thing about Oasis. Every time they released a single, it was like getting another mini album. Oh, yeah, because yeah, there'd yeah. be three or four, especially like the Wonderwall CD single with Round Our Way, and you know, I think that had oh, the master plan. It was like every single, like you say, every single song would have been a hit single for somebody else, and they just chucked it on the CD single. And you think, <laughs> Jesus Christ, how are they doing this? I mean, how is Noel doing this? Because it was him writing the songs, yeah. and yeah. every song was a banger, and I can remember buying a bootleg cd <laughs> and it just had all the it had like sad song and oh, all these great, other songs yeah. we talk tonight and all these other songs and you think jesus God, it's just crazy that the sort of hit rate that that guy had mm. now don't get me wrong a lot of the songs as somebody that can play the the simple chords on a guitar and i and I, i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna compare oasis to taylor swift now in the, fact that in, the, in the fact that in the fact that they for the majority of like the especially the early songs he's using very simple chords mm. and i've always found that if you can write loads of great songs with the same four chords the same as taylor swift does that's a fucking gift yes. because and then you've got to make every song sound different you know okay they've got leanings towards you know, the beatles and and uh, T-Rex and stuff like that and Gary Glitter. But, but you know, <laughs> there's still, you know, it's an Oasis song. And I think it's, you know, I was genuinely full in. I, I was at Nebworth. I, I, oh, went, yeah. I went to Nebworth. Oh, have you me. watched the uh, documentary? I haven't seen it yet. No, oh, I know. But, but me and my mate went and it was, you know, you get those moments where you feel like I'm, I'm in history here. Yeah. This is history. And it was just, it was just so good. It was just so good. And Be Here Now, I think Liam has never, before and since, sounded better. I mean, the songs, like I say, are overproduced, but I think his mm. voice is, he's at his absolute peak in that on that album. I don't think he's ever sounded better. Yeah, ever. I agree, I agree, I agree. I think he's, yeah, he kind of lost it for a bit in the, like, noughties up until he was with BDI. It was too I much think, that, yeah, 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 and you could see it was like he yeah. was struggling to he sing it. He was forcing it out a bit. He was forcing it out, but... Uh, then, But his, his later stuff, his like, solo work, he's kind of gone back to that kind of more melodic kind of uh, yeah. swang. Yeah, well, and he's got some great songs on his on his albums as yeah, well. Yeah, you were... Is a, is a good one. Team Liam or Team Noel? I'm a Team Noel. Yeah, I same. am a team no, I must admit. His his first solo album was absolutely oh, fucking fantastic. There's not a there's not a bad so I went to go and see him live when he released it. And yeah, before my dad passed away, that was the that was the that album's very special to me because we both bonded over that album right. musically. Yeah. Uh probably the only album we have actually, other than the other it's a bit random, but the first Franz Ferdinand album. Right. Um yeah, there's not a bad tune on that album yeah it's got one of the greatest sort of first three or four songs of an album i think ever mm. the, the way that the songs sort of roll into each other and that was kind of when he said he was going to do his own like so i thought that 
I know what I want from a Noel Gallagher album. And I listened to it and I thought, that's exactly it. That's exactly what I wanted. And then he started getting a little bit more dancey, a bit more, yeah, and I sort of bit. drifted away. But yeah. but there's a, he's done a few more good, really good songs lately. But uh, I agree. okay. Now, as we just said, the one thing about Oasis is it's not just about their singles. So I don't know about you, but I've got at least four or five B songs in my top 10, I think. Yeah, I think, I think, I, mm, I think I've got three or four yeah three or four that's the thing yeah i, I was having this argument I, I, I argue about oasis i i stand up for them every day <laughs> I, not that i have to but i really like music I, I, I really like music history i like the stories it's like you know we mentioned t-rex earlier with what happened to mark Bolan and um gloria jones and yeah the car crash and so i just love the stories and the kind of uh whatever else um but yeah like any of their b-sides would be a number one song for Ed Sheeran now. Yes. Uh, and that's why I really don't like Ed Sheeran. I just think, <laughs> and it, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just, I just, I just don't get it. It's, it's popularism. It's not, um, doesn't mean anything. It's, it's that plastic music it, to me. Yeah. It, I like it, Taylor Swift to be fair. I, I, I can get on board with that. I can get on board with Harry Styles to a certain extent, because I think he's got a bit about him. But Ed Sheeran, man, I just, what? how has he got, so, how has he got this big? He's ginger. Like, it should never have happened. <laughs> and that's no disrespect to any gingers that are listening. No, he's a fantastic we, we, we musician, love, but his songs are shite. Yeah. I, I, I just, I don't get it. I, I, you know what? It's, it's weird because I do listen to songs today and I think, will people be talking, you know, with love and reverence in like 20 years about this song? I don't think they will. But then again, yeah. were people saying the same thing when Oasis first came out and saying, oh, they're just pretending to be the the Beatles. That's all they're doing. You know, it's, I don't know. It's it's very, very strange. Um, I will try and play the songs underneath when we, we say what our numbers are going to be. So, okay. Uh, Ollie or Paolo? How shall I, how shall I refer just to go, go with Ollie. Ollie, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll forget. Uh, we're not going to use your stage name. Yeah, it's like Freaky Friday. <laughs> Yeah, because I don't want you going on a big, massive, like sweary rant, and that's that's in, when yeah. you're in character, isn't it? So don't poke the poke, don't poke the bear. Yeah. yeah, indeed, indeed. Okay, then, what's your number ten Oasis song, then, mate? It was, this is I, I, you know, I, 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 when I started narrowing this down, I did have a top ten that consisted of twenty five songs, so I've had to uh, narrow it down, uh, and this crept in. Uh, Supersonic is my number ten. That's my number eight. Ah, so I, will, yeah. Yeah, I thought that might have been a bit of a controversial take because it is uh, considered one of the main first singles. Um, I think this was actually their very first release, I think, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was. It was either this or Live Forever, I can't quite remember. But I think it got to number 11 in the UK or top 30 at least. I think it actually done pretty well in the US as well. Um, but this is quintessential Oasis, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I always think a good the, the, the sign of a good song is if you can play the first... F- say five seconds of a song you know exactly what it is even if it's just which what, what this is is just the drum beat mm. you know straight away that, that's supersonic okay and yeah. that's great when it's a live song because they can you as soon as they start playing it yeah everybody's going fucking mental i really know? like the um Noel, um slower acoustic version as well i do yes um i think that's class he played yeah. it live quite a few times and um yeah and the mu- music video is iconic as well it is kind of first time you see oasis i think that was the first time i vis- I kind of visually put the faces to the names as well kind of black and white on top of the rooftop in manchester but uh yeah it is 
nonsense to the highest order, but it's it's a good catchy tune and it's a good it's a good first um, invitation to uh, what the band's about. Again. Indeed, and they mention the Yellow Submarines, so straight away there's a, a, a Beatles link, as, as pretty much is on a lot of the, the the Oasis songs. I can remember the very first time I saw this was on, I think it was the Word oh, on yeah. Channel Four, and I think it was. Um, oh, nifty fifty con man. Uh, what was his name? Mark Lamar. Mark Lamar, uh, who introduced them. And, you know, this is Oasis, and you sort of watch them, and they. I mean, there's in my they they, they okay. They looked okay, but as soon as like the drums and the and the guitar kick in, you think, hang on a minute, there's something a little bit different about these guys. Mm-hmm. And then they and Liam just had that look. Like he didn't give a fuck. Like he'll fight anybody, you know. <laughs> I don't give a shit where Twice I am. The size, yeah. yeah, he's just ready to fucking lay into anybody, and it was just straight away. You think there's something there, you know? So yeah, oh, absolutely. It, it's I a, think that was the only, that was their first TV appearance where it's the only time you can see him holding the microphone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think it's well, like I say, it's in, it's number eight for me, so I'm gonna have that one. Um, okay, my number ten. I'm going for one that was on the Master Plan album, and this is Acquiesce. Ooh, that's my number seven. Oh, <laughs> now, what's it going to be if we have exactly the same top ten, but just in different? Yeah, I don't know. I've got some pretty rogue shouts in there, to be fair. So we'll see. But um, yeah, it could be. Could be close. Yeah, and it starts off with a um, a what's the story, morning glory, little sort of refrain at the yes. start. Um, but it's a duet, basically, it's a duet between the two brothers. There's another song coming up later on that's a duet, but it's that call of response. Yes. Isn't it? But it's got tension in it as well, because you obviously know they hate each other. But, oh, it's so good. But that's the thing. I mean, I mean, brothers are brothers, aren't they? But Noel is, going, we need each other. You know, we believe mm. in each other, you know? I think, you know, I think it's it's almost become a pantomime now, though, hasn't it? This, this whole, oh, you know, they don't talk to each other and don't need to talk to each other it's i think i think liam wants the reunion more than noel does i think that's something because he wants to be the front man of of oasis again but i just think it's a great rock and roll song so good the thing is it was a b-side as well he said to some might say so some might say it was their first number one yeah this is the b-side it could have easily been it's mental it's fucking crazy it It, it, it was it, it was very nearly not on the master plan album Really? It only got on there because it was voted. It, Oasis fans were being persistent on the website, basically blocked up the website with a request to put it on the. Oh, really? Uh, on the on the album they heard was being put together, and it was it was weirdly popular in America as well because they played it on Saturday Night Live. Right. Okay. With the late Matthew Perry um, was oh, hosting. Wow. So uh, it gained a bit of traction over there. But, uh, well done. That's great knowledge there. There we go. Told well you was a fan. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, okay then. What's your number nine? I've gone, and this is an Oasis song I actually only listened to for like the first time maybe four or five years ago. I just disregarded it as one of these kind of obscure tracks. Um, It's called It's Better People. Okay. Which was the B-side to Roll With It, which was their main song, which was against Blur's Country House at the height of the uh, Britpop battle. Um, It's an acoustic, it's a classic acoustic Noel track. And I don't know why, but it just instantly puts me in a good mood. And if you're an Oasis fan, or you think you're an Oasis fan, and you're not familiar with this song, or maybe you've not even heard this song, because I'll be facing it, I thought I was a pretty big Oasis fan, and I was I was like, what the fuck's that? 
And then when I heard it for the first time four or five years ago, I played it non-stop for a good two years, every other day, if not every day. And it's, it's up there with like Sad Song or Half the World Away. It's an undiscovered gem. I, I'm convinced this will be a Christmas song in a few years' time. Um, it's just nowhere is absolute best. And again, it's all acoustic, nice rhythm. If this was an Ed Sheeran song released in 2024, <laughs> it would be number one. It would be. It just would be. Yeah. You it's kind of get song. the feeling that at this point, Noel was, and I don't mean to, this isn't being a, a dig at, at Noel, but he was shitting songs like this like four or five times a day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He was just shitting out gold. And it was sort of like, <laughs> just put a guitar and a piece of paper and a pen in front of you. And then in 10 minutes, he would do a song like this that no one else was doing, mm. you know? And I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's such a good song. And what, what was it on again? It was on this. Uh, it was a beat side to roll of it. So that would have been, what's the story? Um, but it's just the harmonies and he recorded it all by himself. As you can hear in the harmonies now, it's him singing over himself. Yeah. Um, so he just done it. He just told the rest of the band to fuck off famously and he just done it himself. Yeah. And this is when they lost uh, Tony McCarroll when they recorded this album. So it, yeah, it, I don't know. It's just a really nice positive tune as well. And I think that's what's missing in a lot of music today. I think you're right. That's a great one. It's better people at number nine. My number nine is one that you just mentioned and it's sad song. What a tune. It's um again, it's just Noel. Um a little bit more melancholy than I think than than the, the positiveness of it's better people. Um but this to me is like the quintessential Noel with a guitar on his own mm. song. Mm. You know, and it it was on I think it was on the Master Plan album, I think, wasn't it? This Ooh, one might have been. Because I think it was it was a B side. I'm pretty sure it was a B side. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, but I remember. I think he sang it on uh, <clears throat> Jules Holland. I think yes, he sang he did, it with yeah. Jules Holland, and it was just fantastic because it showed just what just, a great musician he was. That's the thing. And if you're a novice Oasis fan and you're going, "Oh, I hate these arrogant football hooligans," this shows. This cuts through this song and shows a complete different, innocent, clever, articulate lovely sides to what they can be yeah and that's why i hate i really don't people i don't trust people who don't like oasis because it means you haven't understood them if that makes sense if you're listening to just cigarettes and alcohol and supersonic over again i can understand maybe a little bit of um neglect but when you listen to half the world away or it's better people or sad song how could you not like this song mm. it's just innocent it's sweet and it's uh genius do you think though that they're? I mean, that they even do it now. I mean, no, no, you'll listen to him, and he's he can get very arrogant, and he can get very sort of. I can remember when he um he took the piss out of the Arctic Monkeys because he was saying about their name, and he was saying well, no band called the Arctic Monkeys are ever going to be good or going to make you know make anything of themselves. And he they still both of them are the same. They both still yeah. say these things, and people go, "Oh, fucking shut up!" You have and I think that that is it. it takes away from what musically they've done maybe but the arctic monkeys did support them on their last tour exactly for one and yeah. for two there's not enough people who've got i don't agree with everything they both say but i'm fully on board for being entertained by it, it if i've ever had a shit day i'll watch there's a couple of compilations the best of liam and the best of noel which are 15 minute clips on youtube if you ever fucking having a bad one and you want a bit of 
uh, spicing up, go and watch those videos because they're just acting like arrogant, as you said, quite arrogant, but quite funny. Yeah, yeah. In these interviews. Yeah. And you just don't see it enough. When, no. you, when again, Ed Sheeran, when he's been interviewed, oh, it's all lovely. <laughs> and it's Taylor Swift, it's all lovely. When it's even Madonna and Elder Statesman, it's all lovely. You yeah. just don't know what's going to come out of their mouth. And I like the fact that they'll slag other people off. Yeah. You yeah, you're need right. that. I like yeah. when, when Noel said he fucking hates Green Day. I was like, finally, someone's speaking my language. It, it means I'm allowed to say it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, there's a lot of things I don't agree with. And then with Liam Gallagher, the last person you, you'd expect to like Girls Aloud, he's going, he's, I can't remember, there's a video of him where he's like recording something where he's like one of his BDI or something. And he goes, shit, is that Girls Aloud? And they all come like, he comes running over to them and starts hugging and kissing them. And it's just, I don't know. I think don't take them too seriously. But at no. the same time, it's not. It's refreshing to have people who are opinionated, even if you don't agree with it. You need fresh takes because it keeps the mind ticking. Mm. It keeps it keeps the world going. You can't have people who are plastic, as I keep saying. I think there's too much of that in the music industry. We're not. We haven't had that '60s, '70s punk revival. That kind of real attitude. Not that you need it, but I feel like there's something really missing in the, in in the world, especially in Britain, in the music industry at the moment. It's really flat. Mm. Maybe with the, the, the grime culture and uh, drill music, but it, again, it just seems like a like a passing phase as Oasis, as we'll go to mention. They're, they're still being talked about now. It's almost a little bit like what we were saying earlier on about um, like modern day football and that. There's no characters mm. in the game. That's it. Yeah, you know, and it's like everything is very just vanilla. You, you know? think it's um, to do with like council culture a bit because no question, I think some, of, some of the things maybe no one yeah. you know, would have said in the past had that been caught on camera phone. Yeah. Um, potentially that's their career over, you know. But then again, the 90s, it was lad culture. It was all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> you couldn't get away with that kind of stuff now, you know, the movies mm, that were being made in those days. Mm. Um, have you ever listened to, um, was it Wibbling Rivalry? Yeah. Which was Noel and Liam having one yeah. of their classic That's... arguments, you know, and he's talking about scouse slippers and music, <laughs> music, and they're just having an argument. And that I think that ended up in the charts because somebody put yeah, it up on a screen. <laughs> but it was just them arguing, you know, it's just brothers being brothers. So uh, anyway, uh, back to your number eight then, please, Ollie. Okay, this is probably the most controversial one because it's from the last album that they released, Dig Out Your Soul, in 2008. And it is The Shock of the Lightning, um, which was their uh, standout single from that album. And it's a controversial take because, again, I think most Oasis fans, just general Oasis fans, will probably disagree with me completely and never have this anywhere near the top 10. Um, but it's going back to what I was saying earlier. I think that album goes very overlooked. I don't think it's a great album, but I don't think it's a terrible one. I don't think it's their worst album. And I think when this song came out was when I was going to college by myself every single day. And this was my oasis, if that makes sense. I'd finally found my tribe, my people, and this song wouldn't be out of place on the first two albums. It's fast, it's rugged, it's got that heavy intro, it's got the harmonies bit like uh, rock and roll star, a bit like cigarettes and alcohol, a bit like acquiesce. It's got that intrusive, pulsive guitar for the first 30 seconds or so. Yeah. And then it's goes got into like that Columbia classic. sound as well. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it, go, it go, then it goes into that classic Oasis rhythm. I think this is, although it's from their last album, this is the closest song I had in my peak kind of teenage years that related and was kind of a new song effectively from 
definitely maybe or what's the story it felt like part of that if that makes sense mm. and on the bus to school on my ipod this album was on repeat so i've got a lot of uh this album put me in my place and this song and it transports me back if that makes sense and it done quite well commercially as well i believe um i think it got to number three in the uk charts behind pink so what and uh sex on fire by kings of leon so to be pinned behind by those two songs only is pretty good commercially and i think it did actually make the enemy top 100 songs of the decade mm. so uh, and that that far in to their career as well that they were mm. still getting like top yeah. top five top 10 hits and then it was only six months after this album came up they broke up so i think uh, this album is largely dismissed but i do think there's a couple of uh, as i said earlier don't chuck the baby out of the bar for it there are a couple of songs in there that are, are pretty decent and again would walk in and could potentially be a top 10 hit for any artist around today yeah completely agree I, I i do need to go back sort of post standing on the shoulder of giants yeah it's and, worth uh, doing because i know that there are i mean heathen chemistry that's the one that's got the importance of being idle on on I it i don't believe it? the truth i just don't believe heathen the chemistry truth. is like little by little uh, right go let it like go let it out it's a great yeah tune. I think yeah that's a, and I, there's but, so, I think every album i've always found has got two or three great songs but i haven't given the last it's funny sh- yeah, two or three albums. The time you should say that because um, I was with with sad song you just mentioned. When I first heard that years and years ago, I didn't really like it. Right, but as I've revisited it in the last few years, it's one of my favourite Oasis songs. Didn't make my top ten, unfortunately, but um, <laughs> but it is uh, solid in the top fifteen, so at least. Well, I'm, when I get to my number six, I've got a confession to make Ooh. about that one. So uh, okay. anyway, but my number seven, um, we have mentioned it a couple of times, and it is talk tonight. Um, mm. Another one that, that I always pair this one along with "Sad Song" because mm. it feels to me the same kind of thing. <coughs> it was the first song I learned on the guitar. Oh, really? That I that I because it's it's quite a simple song to to sing and to play. Um, but the version that there was a version that I saw live where it's and I think it might have been on the word as well, but it was Paul Weller on the on the oh, keyboards okay. um, singing the. The harmony part of the song um and it's a great version i'll put it on the video playlist for our patreon subscribers mm. because it genuinely is just a great and that's the one thing about you know noel gallagher has these heroes he has paul mccartney as his hero you know paul wello as a hero and he there he is you know up on stage with his hero and this 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 mank kid that you know has just pulled himself up with the rest, you know, with his with his brother and uh, other people, and become rock gods, and mm. and they sort of literally around with heroes of theirs. Yeah, this song is criminally it, again. It fortunately didn't make my top ten this time, but it easily could have done tomorrow or yeah, next yeah. week. It could have. They're so interchangeable, and this is it's, it's a love it's a love song. It's it's again it's anyone else could have if you gave this to Lee Lewis. <laughs> oh, it's Leona Lewis now. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's in your top 10, but she famously uh, got a top 10 single with Stop Crying Your Heart Out. Oh, did she? Uh, after The X Factor, she done that Keep Bleeding song. Right. Which I remember Liam saying, my ears keep fucking bleeding. <laughs> um, and then her next single was Stop Crying Your Heart Out. Oh, which really? Obviously no, was, I never I heard know, that. Uh, Maybe from, I did, and my brain just cancelled it. Out. And that's that. You know, it revived her career. So, uh, wow. yeah, Leonie Lewis, you give talk tonight to Leonie Lewis. Okay, I don't, I don't know what she's been doing recently, but give oh, that song to I her. Don't know. She's got a career back on her hands. 
Cool. Okay. So I, I meant to say my number eight was Supersonic. Your number mm-hmm. seven was Acquiesce. It was, yeah. My number seven was Talk Tonight. So now back to you, Ollie, for your number six. It's Cigarettes and Alcohol. Oh, right. Okay. Which could have, again, on, as I said, another day, could have been top three. But um, depends on the mood, I guess, you're in. Speaking of moods, I think this song sums up the mood of a nation, mm. uh, particularly in the 90s as well, although I was only a young whippersnapper. Um, that kind of the last days of a dying Tory government, uh, the working class kind of stuck in a pendulum of not being able to escape their certain fate. And uh, I think the lyrics, is it worth the aggravation to find a job when there's nothing worth working for, is to a certain degree something I've lived my life by. And yeah. maybe I've not accepted second best. I've always kind of, you know, done my own thing and it's worked out. Um, it's the first song off the full album that's probably very high tempo and kind of more rugged and very triggering and kind of Oasis signature, really. It just, again, being titled Cigarettes and Alcohol, I think, again, it fits into that loud culture. But easily, I think if you listen to the lyrics, it's about being trapped in a pretty dark place, but happy with your lot or escaping. And yeah, I think you can, you can, uh, you, you could be from any background, any dynamic, any environment, and you could relate to this song in some capacity. Yeah. It is that, it's that classic kind of rock and roll thing that you have this hope of being in a better place. Mm. but you're happy with your lot if you like it, yeah. it doesn't matter whether i make it or not as long as i've got cigarettes and alcohol i'm good <laughs> i'm you know that can that can take away the pain of me working fucking 10 hours a day in a shit job and living in a shit housing estate if i can come back and have some cigarettes and alcohol then it's everything's fine everything's cool. absolutely you know um and to me it's like it's one of those move one of those songs that it's like it's kind of close to punk you know, it's got that punk yeah, edge, edge, punky kind of edge to it. Um, but another one of those ones, as soon as the song starts, you know exactly what it is and you know exactly who it is. Yeah, I think didn't Blur in response release uh, Coffee and TV? I think, I think that's right. Which I actually think is a pretty good tune as well. It's a I really, great I actually, tune. Contrary to popular belief, I'm, I'm, you know, I actually do quite like Blur, and I think Graham Coxon's probably one of the most underrated guitarists. Yeah. They've done um, some great songs, Blur. Yeah. They really have. And I think that was the thing. It was only a thing that the press did of, of pitting Blur fans against Oasis fans. And it was sort of like you had to choose between one of the two. You didn't need to choose between one of the two. They've done some great songs, Blur. Yeah, I think if you respect music and you know enough about music, I think you respect both of them. And even Damon and Noel, still, they do stuff that they get together now and whatever yeah. else. Yeah, they, they get on, don't they? And, and if they get on, then all's well with the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, my number six. So I did my top ten and I was happy with my top ten. Okay. Um, and I'd worked out what sort of what I wanted to say about all the different songs, and then realized that I never had Wonderwall in the top ten. <laughs> so I thought I need to change that. Now the trouble is it's it's number six. So Wonderwall isn't number six for me. Can I shock you? Go on then. It's not in your top ten. It's not in my top ten. But I think don't you think that that's the reason that people have heard that song so many times. I find it's like the same as like, you don't appreciate it. The same as you, I don't appreciate mm. Bohemian Rhapsody now because I've heard it so yeah. many times. It becomes just like, you know, plasticine for the ears. And yes. and you think, but then when you listen to it, when you really listen to it, you realise what a genius song it is. Well, I'm oh, talking about like this, we're all, all Bohemian Rhapsody. 
this one in its simplicity that it's the it, that if you go i'm sure if you go to a a guitar teacher the the chords of this song are the first four chords that you'll learn they're the <laughs> easiest song chords to learn on a song so it makes everybody think as soon as they pick a guitar up and they can learn e minor g d c i could be no gallagher i could i could do this i could write songs like this it has got that thing. I mean, I've sung this so many times at, at gigs, and, and, it, and it's you, you'll always get some fucking knobhead coming. Hey, do Wonderwall, do Wonderwall, <laughs> and it's like eight o'clock at night. And you think, no, I'll do it at the end of the night. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. Do just do Wonderwall, and everybody will sing it. So it's it's that thing. What amazed me was that I'd done the top ten and completely forgot about it. That was the yeah. thing that got me. So I, I thought I feel I have to. It's not my number one. But I feel it has to be in the top 10 for me. Yeah, I feel what you're saying. I just think, I just, I think, yeah, to your point, it is overplayed to the extent. It is a genius song. Don't get me wrong. It is genius. And if it wasn't for that song, you could argue that maybe they wouldn't have got the widespread and uh, popularity they've now got between people who are 16 and under, 18 and under, mm. all that, mm. 25 and under. Um, and that can be a gateway drug to finding songs like acquiesce or supersonic um so if anything wonder wars in the world of good in that respect yeah. however for me personally i couldn't put it in because I, it just isn't one of my favorite oasis songs and also i wanted to give a shout out to the little lesser known guys who were hopefully people listening will go and check out that makes um, absolutely but it sense. is a, it is a fantastic song but it is annoying you know i like oasis i like wonder wall uh, okay what else do you like exactly it's, it's it that is it really grinds my gears yeah yeah you kind of hope that it is a gateway drug kind of thing. I think mm. the same is like Angels is for Robbie Williams. It's like everybody yeah. knows that song, but they probably don't know a lot of his other stuff. And and it, it goes with anybody, isn't it? If they have that one big song. And it was never a number one either. Yeah, wasn't it beaten by, um, what, was it, what was the guy who Simon Cowell used to manage? I was one uh, of Robson and Jerome? Yeah, I think it was something yeah. like that. Yeah, but it was it was like one of those famous, like... Never got to number one. Yeah, it's crazy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, we're halfway through, so it's time for this. Pop quiz, hot shot. So normally, obviously, you'd be fighting against Neil for this, but uh, I've got 10 Oasis questions. Okay. Let's see how much you really know. Oh, no. Let's see how I much forgot you about this. Here we go. Here we <laughs> go. Who was the head of Creation Records who signed Oasis to their first record deal? Adam McGee. Is correct. Yes. What televised gig did Noel have to take lead vocals uh, duties on after Liam had said he had a sore throat and then heckled Noel from the audience? Oh, was it MTV Unplugged? It was MTV Unplugged. Well done. What is the name of Liam and Noel's other brother? Oh, fucking hell. Paul. Well done. Three for three. Drag that out of my Well done. Which movie star appeared in the video for The Importance of Being Idle? Uh, Reese Iffens. Well done. Four for four. In which music video did Noel play the iconic Union Jack guitar? Ooh. Have I got Ooh. him? Have I got him? Yeah, you might have. I think it was at Main Road. Oh, um, not, I think I'm just going to go with, do you know what I mean? No, no it was uh, Don't Look Back in Anger. Of course it fucking was, yep. Uh, what was the band's name before Oasis? Oh, um... Do know this? Why is it not coming to me? Um, ah, oh, something <laughs> weird. This is really annoying because as soon as I hear it, I'll be like, "Yep, that's it." Um, oh, no, go on. It was the rain. Yep, it was. What song was Oasis's first UK number one? I think it was. Some might say. It was. Some might say. Uh, one of Oasis' B-sides went on to be the theme to which popular TV show? The Royal Family. Is correct. He's back on the horse. Oasis guitarist Paul Arthurs has what nickname? Uh, Quigsy? No. Oh. Bonehead. Of course it is. Ah. Bonehead. Because I'm pretty sure yeah. Quigsy was Quigsy's nickname. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> you said it with the oh, I saw. I saw. I was like, ah, uh, television. <laughs> And your final one. When Creation Records folded in 1999, Oasis created their own label called what? Big Brother. Correct. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That was 70%. I'll take, that. I'll take it. That's pretty good, mate. Considering that is I was, uh, you know, pretty good. We napper. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll but well done. That. Well done on that one. Okay. Back to the top 10. And what is your number five? So funny you just mentioned it. It is half the world away. Uh, there you go. The iconic, again, which was also the first song I learned to play on a guitar. Or was it? Because it was just chords C and F and then goes to like a D and a G. Again, very, very simple, simple down, down, up strum. Made famous, of course, by uh, John Lewis and as you said, the Royal Family. 
Um, do you know it was actually initially meant to be Married and Children? That was the theme tune to the Royal Family. Oh, really? Uh, that was the song they were willing to let go, and they were, were a bit confused when they asked for this one. But, uh, also, apparently, they didn't pay any royalties for it at the time. Really? Because it was a B-side. They didn't. Yeah. They just thought it'd be free press. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, B-side to whatever. And uh, was covered by Aurora for the John Lewis Christmas advert a couple of years ago, where it charted at number 11 in the UK singles chart. But yet for the original artists, it was a B-side. Again, we're going to keep having this conversation. But um, yeah, what it just is, just again, lyrically, it's about, as we've discussed before, trying to escape and being stuck, but also kind of being happy with your lot, I guess. But it's, yeah, just it's just genius. It really is so simple. It kind of it, it perfectly fits with what the royal family was all about as well. Uh, yeah, very much, wasn't it? Because they were just people that were happy with their lot. Mm. They were happy, you know. They were excited if if um, they went out and got a, everyone got a crunchy from the shop. That was like a highlight of their night, you know. And you kind of feel that's that's sort of what it was all about. So yeah, this, it didn't make my top ten, but it was very close to making my top ten without a shadow of a doubt. It's another one of those classic Noel acoustic guitar songs. Yeah. Yeah, it's timeless as well. Completely agree. Uh, my number ten, uh, sorry, my number five is one that you mentioned earlier on. It's not the Leona Lewis version. Uh, I'm going to actually go for Stop Crying Your Heart Out. Ah. Um, one reason that I love this song, I, 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 I love this song, I do love this song, but it was... Right, now you have to help me. You're the football um, expert. Which World Cup was it when England lost to Brazil with the Ronaldinho? 2002. 2002. Yeah. So I can remember that I was on at like dinner time and I was on shifts working for Honda at the time and we were having to, I had to go into work after the football match. And I can remember that England lost and Ronaldinho hooked it over David Seaman's, you know, (laughs) from like fucking 40 yards or whatever it was. And I was absolutely, this is when I cared about England. I don't give a shit about England football anymore. I just, I've been burnt too many times oh. in my life. And the, I remember they had a montage at the end of the, the, I think it was ITV that did it. And this was the song they played over the montage. Oh. And I cried my fucking eyes out <laughs> because again, with every World Cup, I think England are going to do it this time. They're going to do it this time. And to go out on such a lucky goal, it was heartbreaking. It was genuine. And then they played this song, which I loved. And I thought, oh, I just couldn't stop crying. And then I had to go and go, go to work as well. Mm-hmm. And every time, it always takes me back. I can't remember the year because I'm old, so I can never remember the years. But that, I always get that tingle down my spine. It takes me back to that moment, seeing that montage and hearing that song. So, yeah, it was just brings back mo- bad memories it's a great montage song i'm pretty sure it was used in goal as well in that um the newcastle oh right film. oh was it I, i've yeah, never yeah. seen that what hurts you more is that ronaldinho was actually sent off in that game as well was he 10 men yeah that's what wow, we forget i can't remember that so brazil had 10 men and we and we, we were one nil up for uh, 60 minutes or yeah something. it's yeah, another another missed opportunity but um 
but that's just one it's, it always has that bittersweet feeling for me when I hear that song but it's such a beautiful beautiful song uh, it is it is it's one of those ones that I really didn't like for a long time and again kind of growing to like it it's a bit it was a bit too slow for me and again it's been covered by every other X Factor contestant to yeah. death yeah 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 so it fits their uh, uh, acapella quite quite nicely yeah but, um, completely agree uh, go on then what's your number four so this was the song that could have been my number one I guess but as you were saying Wonderwall was so important because of the it made Oasis I guess and it made them so synonymous uh, with Britpop and British culture and music worldwide this song done that for me for the band because this came out when again was in my peak teenage years and I was too young for the definitely maybe and it's a story more than golly uh, but when Don't Believe the Truth came out, which I think is a banging album uh, title and songs alone, uh, the song is Lila. Lila, great tune. Mm, which was their seventh number one single. And I think, as you said earlier, I think, yeah, their second half of their career as Oasis in the, in the noughties, they weren't taken as seriously. People who thought their day had been and gone. And... Um, I think this song and the importance of being idle, which are both on that album, was their kind of their resurgency, and people started taking them seriously again. That's when they started selling out uh, the Etihad or whatever the stadium was at the time, mm. and they started doing World War Stadium, uh, worldwide stadium tours again. And this is a song that hooked me in and took me back to Don't Look Back in Anger, took me back to Wonderwall, took me back to cigarettes and alcohol, and this song cemented me as a part of the tribe um, because it was just came at the right time in the right place and um, yeah I think people forget how important this album was and how good this album was as well so I heavily recommend even if you're a diehard Oasis fan and you think you die hard to the extreme where you only listen to the first two albums do go back and listen to Don't Believe the Truth uh, The Importance of an Idol and Lila bell will ring there's some really really good tunes in there which are reminiscent may not be as good as some of the tunes from definitely maybe but it's certainly up there if you're after oasis fix and there's no chance of them getting back together go back to this album yeah yeah uh, and it's the closest thing you'll get to an oasis new music if that makes sense um and i think that's a good thing with with their career being so fractured with a lot of people who are very die hard just in the 90s and a very few people who've got mixed opinions on their later stuff if you are one of those people, do go back to those last two or three albums because it is like finding new music again. A bit like me with Sad Song or even uh, Stop Crying Your Heart Out. I just dismissed them, really. I just thought, that's not Oasis. And you go back and listen to them again and you go, oh, Oasis got a new song out, effectively, even though it's 2024. And um, that's the great thing about those two albums and those later albums as well. They're just as good as uh, some of the stuff, especially from Beer Here Now, anyway. Mm, yeah. And I, I, like I said earlier on, I need to really go back on some of those albums <laughs> excuse me um, getting all emotional um oh, but yeah, that's, Cup. yeah. That, <laughs> yeah still haven't got over it um but that is and that's a that's a stadium rocker as well and that's gonna get oh, everybody yeah. jumping that song it's very simple isn't it it's yeah. just yeah hooks people in yeah completely agree um okay this is probably the most sort of um out there song in regards to what whether anybody would know this one this is a deep cut if you like for my number four uh and it's let's all make believe oh, yeah. um again this is one of those liam's sounds fantastic on this song sounds very sort of floaty and ethereal and but it's got a great melody 
Um, I cannot remember where it, what it was on. It was definitely a B-side, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it might have been uh, a B-side on Heaven Chemistry, or maybe the album before, Standing on the Shoulder Giants. Right. Uh, to Don't Go Away, or something. It's, it's, it's something like that, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure which one it was, but I just... I've I've got this. I've got I've, I've started doing like Neil has. He has a playlist where where when he thinks of a song, he adds to it. Mm. And this was one of the first songs I remember putting on the playlist because it's just one of those songs that just I don't think it particularly sounds like an Oasis song, but it's just got everything. It's got mm. a, a, you know, it just sounds fantastic. So I had to put it on there, um, and it made my number four. So Fair play. yeah, I'm going to have that one there. Okay. We're getting to the we're getting to the squeaky bum time now. We're getting to the meaty end of the stick. <laughs> I don't like that <laughs> metaphor. Yeah, you've been watching you've been watching my TikToks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, can, you can have that one if you want. Yeah, you can have really. that one. Um okay, what's your number three then, Ollie? Um, arguably one of the greatest songs ever written. It was this was Paul McCartney's favourite Oasis song. Uh it's Slide Away. That's my number three. Oh, is it? That's my go. number three, yeah. Um, it is a classic call and response song. It's got the Gallagher's at their best, in my opinion, because um, there's quite a few tracks where they sing together or harmonise together. And for me, this is the best one. And um, if it's good enough for Paul McCartney, it's good enough for me. And uh, I think the enemy listed it as the greatest Oasis song and is certainly voted the fans' favourite, I believe, for a, for a live atmosphere. Um, it's all, again, similar to how, and I don't want to compare Oasis to Queen too much, but Similar to how Bohemian Rhapsody's got like three different parts to it. Yeah. And it's kind of operatic. This does as well. It's got, it's got the long intro, the kind of the, the harmonies towards the back end of the song and in the middle, just the perfect chorus. Um, yeah, it's got three different sections to it. It's like a beginning, middle and end. It's not, it's very different to a lot of Oasis songs, I think. Uh, I, I, I love the Noel acoustic version. Mm. as well yes. uh, he also did a I think he did with the High Flying Birds he did a version that was a lot, even more rockier than the original version um, but you're absolutely right it's it's just again simple chords it, but it's just got it's everything that is good about Oasis I think um, and especially the, the like say the call and response between the two yes. brothers oh so good um, it's just it's it's great and I think when you listen back on it now and you know that they're not getting on, it kind of is a bittersweet, heartbreaking kind of thing when you hear the two of them singing together and stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I didn't know that it had been voted the greatest you know, by, by the fans, but uh, oh, you can't beat it. You just can't beat it. It's a great tune. Uh, so that's my number three as well. So nice. are we going to have the same top three? I wonder. It'd be interesting. I think we might do, you know. You know, who knows? So... To be fair, anybody that's listened to any of my uh, like music ones that has got anything to do with something that Oasis could be, they'll know what my number one is, but mm. we'll get to that. So what's your number two then, uh, Ollie? Uh, number two is Don't Look Back in Anger. Ooh, okay. I, you, you, you can't write it down, can you? There's been so many superlatives and hyperbole about this song. You can't. You can't say any more, really. I don't. I don't really know what to say now, apart from it's. It, I think few people could have imagined how important this song is to people, and how it's played in funerals. It's played in DJ sets. It's played in tragedies. Uh, it's played at the end of school graduation, birthdays, 
sold out stadiums in Peru or Argentina in front of half a million people at Nebworth. There is an occasion where this there there isn't an occasion where this song wouldn't be out of place. And for that, it's up there as one of the greatest songs of all time. Even I don't know, you, you take the greatest I don't know, uh, Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. You can't really play that at a funeral or a, you know, a, a birthday party or um, oh, people would a, try, a, I'm sure. Would, I'm sure people would try, but <laughs> yeah. But with this you could. And it goes down for me as one of the greatest songs there ever will be. Although I am it's it's starting to get a bit wonderwally on me in terms of how often it's played, but every time I think about that I listen to it again. And uh it's just it's such a layered song as well. Beautiful harmonies, great chorus, it's got the little guitar wrangle towards the uh the bridge at the end and uh Yeah, it's been it's been developed and reused and um, tributed in so many different ways and reinvented that it's just genius. And there's a reason why Noel ends up in every single gig he does. Mm. I mean, I will say, I think you're saying about that whole wonder wall of it all, it didn't make my top 10. And I think that's why. I think the oh, same really? as I'd forgotten about Wonderwall, um, mm. I sing this one a lot at the end of end of nights as well. And it's one mm. that will guarantee everybody will sing along. I don't need to sing the chorus of that song because everybody will sing it. But it's, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is a great, great song. And I feel a little bit guilty not having it in my top 10. I feel it should be it should be in there as it stands in there. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's yeah. the Mount Rushmore of Oasis songs. It is. There's a seminal moment for me. I remember at, uh, in my first job, there was like a staff party and they hired some DJ and he was just playing all the fucking tunes of the minute fucking ed sheeran or fucking <laughs> it was it generally was leona lewis yeah leona lewis <laughs> uh you two uh, you know robbie Williams. it was just he was just playing all the classic cheesy bullshit and uh the black eyed peas that kind of stuff right. just music i detest because it's just white like just yeah it just doesn't it's just nonsense and at the end, he played Don't Look Back in Anger. And it was the only song of the night that pulled everyone together onto the dance floor. And I think that's probably happened to everyone at some point. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, yeah, like I say, I mean, we, we make our decisions. Like you said earlier on, my top 10 now would be completely different next yeah, week. Same. You know, there's yeah. so many songs that could go in there. Same. And if I started listening to Ethan Chemistry and Dig It Out and all that kind, I'd probably think, oh, Jesus, that should have been on there. You know, so. Mm. Okay, my number two um is another Noel with a guitar uh it's cast no shadow Ooh. i say it's Noel with a guitar i mean obviously it's the Noel's all, all the guitar i actually <laughs> i actually prefer the version that Noel sings oh really uh compared oh, to interesting yeah i just i think i just i just love Noel's voice i think it's a little mm, bit more softer think, uh, yeah he does go underrated in terms of his, his singing yeah. yeah and he's just got and he's very good at like hitting higher notes which is you know hard to sing sometimes but uh yeah i see it's weird because i because I, I didn't think about it, don't look back in anger i really thought we were going to have the same top three because i thought he hasn't done no, Cast no shadow yet and I no thought, it's okay. not no it's, i've missed it but what, I'm, I'm really intrigued because this is a very popular song amongst the hardcore oasis fans but for me it just doesn't 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 tickle the bone but um yeah, this has been used in a lot of films as well. What, why, why this song for you? It's it's just got everything that you need for a, a a great great tune. Simple chords again, 
as as I think with most. One thing I've noticed is like your top ten have got a few more of the rock and rolly kind of songs. Yeah, yeah. Whereas mine, my and I'm I'm a soppy git anyway, but mine <laughs> are all apart from Acquiesce and Supersonic, are pretty much all more of the sort of softer side of Oasis, if you like, and. Cast No Shadow is is just one of those great songs. To be fair, Cast No Shadow, um, you know, sad song, talk tonight, could have all changed places. They could all be mm. somewhere in the top ten. Um, okay, before we reveal our number ones, let's uh, just count down from ten to two, and then I'll do the same, Ollie. Absolutely. Uh, so in at number ten was Supersonic. Number nine was It's Better People. Uh, number eight, The Shock of the Lightning. Number seven, Acquiesce. Number six, Cigarettes and Alcohol. Number five was Half the World Away. Number four, Lila. Number three was Slide Away. Number two, Don't Look Back in Anger. Wonderful, thank you. Mine is number 10, Acquiesce. Nine, Sad Song. Eight, Supersonic. Seven, Talk Tonight. Six, Wonderwall. Five, Stop Crying Your Heart Out, the Leona Lewis version. Four, Let's All Make Believe. Three, Slide Away. And two, Cast No Shadow. So, Ollie. What is your number one Oasis song? So I struggled to put the other nine in order, but this was always going to be my number one, and it's Rock and Roll Star. Wow, okay. Well, that, I, I have questions. I have questions. Okay, Rock and Roll Star. Okay, so why is the first well, question? Well, I live my life in the city. There ain't no easy way out. <laughs> but... uh it, it, yeah, it's again what I said. I was, I was quite a, a very. I moved schools a lot when I was younger. I was very shy, nowhere near as confident, or as uh, um, as arrogant to a certain degree. Nowhere near have the uh, the self belief and the kind of self esteem I've got now. So back then, that was the song that made me feel like a million dollars, and it can make anyone feel like a million dollars. That's what that song's about. That song is about being in a shit situation, being down in your luck. But tonight you're going to go out and you're going to be the best version of yourself. You're going to be a million bucks. You're going to, and you, and you could be anyone. You could be anywhere. You could be doing anything with any environment, any background, any situation. You could be in a bed sit with three pounds to your name. But you're going to go out and make the best fucking night of it. Um, it's about identity. It's about being comfortable with who you are and not giving a rat's ass about anyone or anything else. And there's not many songs that can give you that self-belief. If you're having a shit morning, you don't want to go into that interview you don't want to get up for work. You can li- listen to this, and it will give you the power to to move on. And this that's why this is this is why Oasis are my favourite band. This is why we're talking about them now. And that song being the first track off their first album as well, it set the tone for everything that came after, and uh, the foundation for everything that came after that. And it's the anthem for generation. It's the anthem of the '90s kids, the last of the of that kind of uh, era without the internet. Um, and doing it rough, and uh, yeah, and the lyrics in it as well just just speak to anyone who's not had it easy, mm. and I think that speaks volumes more today uh, than it did back then. Mm. And if we're in similar situations, it looks like you know a kind of another new Labour government might be coming in, <laughs> you know, end of a Tory rule potent- potentially, and it, it seems like we were we're in a politically a similar situation, and the country's divided more than ever. Um, and I think a lot of people could find that song useful. I certainly did and used it to my advantage. Oh, it could be 1997 all over again. Oh, it could be. 
Those are the days. And United winning the league. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Maybe not just going <laughs> go that far. Yeah. Um, I, I completely agree with everything you say. You know, it's 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 almost like a mantra to live by, isn't it? That's the thing. Shows you that it doesn't matter how bad and how shit things are. Everybody can be a rock and roll star. You know, just with a couple of little twists that's and it. turns. That's that's what it's all about. Okay. So in the end, we, we haven't really got the same top three at all, have we? No. Because, um, like I say, anybody that knows me knows that my favourite Oasis song of all time is The Master Plan. Oh. Um, it is a masterpiece. It is, it is. like Oasis's Bohemian Rhapsody, as far as I'm concerned. And there's just, there is... I've said so much about this on other episodes that I, I I really haven't got anything else to say about it. Um, the MTV unplugged version of this is fantastic. It is so, so good. But I, I've, I've, like I say, I've said enough over the, uh, over the, uh, I haven't really got anything else to say about it, but See, um, um, this was my number 11. Was it? Yeah. And the fact it was a B side is criminal. That's think, the thing. I think I think Noel said that this master plan and acquiesce were two songs he wished he had on an album. Really, um, but I do agree with you. This is the kind of like Bohemian Rhapsody esque. It's so layered. It's, it's so many different parts to the song, and it's beautiful. And uh, again, it's one of these songs again I would listen on repeat on the bus to college. And you'd, you'd when you listen to a song that much, you find deeper meaning within it as well. And absolutely. And uh, yeah, a, a band. Could, be going for a hundred years and not write a song as good as that. Completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, let's go through some of these honourable mentions we've got. Uh, Carol Barwick, hello Carol, says she's electric. Oh, another great, great tune. Yeah. Another great tune. Now the one, now this, I'm not a massive fan of this song, but I was surprised that it wasn't in your top ten. Uh, Maria Pereira says Champagne Supernova will always make me stop and listen when it comes across my playlist, no matter what. That's now that is a very popular song for oasis yeah it's had a bit of a re it's had a bit of resurgence recently as well um i'm not sure if it was in a film or, or a tv series i do like it i just think it's a bit too long for me yeah i just i don't I, don't get me wrong i love it i love it as a song it just didn't make my top 10 it just mm. it wasn't going to be one of those ones uh anna cochran hello anna cast no shadow don't look back in anger she's electric and don't go away it's i love that tune. song great yep. tune uh, Simon Duffield, rock and roll star, importance of being idle, half a world away, cigarettes and alcohol, married with children, master plan, round our way, we said great tune, talk tonight, acquiesce, champagne supernova. Uh, he says, this was actually much easier than I thought. Uh, I hate Wonderwall, by the way, he says. I like the more lyrically inclined songs. If I'm in uh, intentionally listening to Oasis, however, rock and roll star would always be my number one. Good man. Uh, not that these are in order as the vibe of that just is a gift to mankind. Oh, no, it yeah. is. That's uh, the thing with um, Round Our Way, just to note, that was also a Christmas song for, I think Lidl used it. Oh, really? Yeah, Lidl oh, used God. it a couple of years ago. Um, well, it might be in the same year as the Half World Away one. Um, I'll have to see if I can find the... Uh... It, was, it was two kids with an acoustic. And also, that's another thing, for people who aren't sure on Oasis, you just think, oh, they all sound the same. Listen to Round Our Way. It's got the... Like, the most intrusive bra section yeah. you've ever heard and yeah. it just makes you want to party that's when they went in through their little brass phase when they? they had brass mm. on the on stage and on, on the MTV unplugged there was it was all brass and harmonica and all that kind of stuff um at this one Samantha said she's electric uh Peter McCormack Wixie Champagne Supernova and Supersonic 
And Kareem Pasta said, why this is a hard one. A few of my favourites are Don't Look Back in Anger, Champagne Supernova and Slide Away. There you go. Well, Ollie, we done it. We did it. We done it. And whoop-de-doo, another top 10 in the bag. So um, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Um, I'll say I've put the TikTok channel in the uh, show notes so they can just click on that. But what else have you got going on? Yeah, if you want to uh, yeah, give us a follow on TikTok, Paolo Panini or Paolo.Panini. Uh, Instagram, Paolo Panini Official. Uh, yeah, we'll be launching the podcast again next month as well. So if, you, if there's any football fans out there who want to talk about their team in the noughties, and it could be Rotherham or Wigan or whoever, or you've got some football stories, do let us know. We'd love to have you on and uh, chat more. Yeah, get, get in touch on Instagram and uh, YouTube as well, Paolo Panini. We've got more things and interviews of footballers and stuff coming up in the near future. So uh, watch this space, they say. Wonderful. Say. Well, congratulations on your success. I am yeah. I am not jealous in any way, <laughs> you motherfucker. But um, um, yeah, so that's your hat trick. We've got to start searching out and get some top ten footballs that we can give away for the hat trick. Oh, that's a great idea. Performance, you know, because we, we've we've started getting a few people now that that um, you know we've got the caps and stuff, but we need to see if we can get some footballs and we can post them off to our uh, hat trick um, uh, guests. Now, Neil normally does uh, the social media and all the you know. Gubbins, just look on the show notes and click where you want to for social media or for email or to come and join our Patreon. Uh, all the information is there. Episodes, merch and all that kind of stuff. Just click on the uh, show notes. Ollie, once again, mate, thank you so much. Loved it, mate. Loved it. Excellent. And uh, come back again for number four. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely indeed. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for watching and listening. And... Aguero! Maybe not. <laughs>